When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Buongiorno everybody and welcome to the Daily Record Celtic podcast. My name is Stuart Hodge and I'll be your host today as we look back at the weekend's dramatic late win ahead to whoever Celtic are playing after the return from the international break. I think it's quite a big one and assess all things hoop-related worth talking about in the meantime. And joining me on that yeoman's crusade today are two record sport heavyweights in Michael Gannon and Graham Young. How are we feeling today, gentlemen? We're fighting fit and healthy, yeah. But uh, Bongiorno, is that, is that French you're speaking? Is that, no, it's Italian, mate. Edward? Is that, <laughs> no, Mong's two, two, Rodney. <laughs> so you can see that it's going to be a, a very, very sort of upright and, and forthright operation. Early, early tackle in there. <laughs> Aye, that's it. Like, you're going to be in a booking with the next one anyway. Um, so start by looking back at the Dundee match. That makes sense from the weekend, lads. What were your main takeaways from the game in terms of how Celtic played? Well, David Hay famously said, Vladimir Klitschko's fights for the cure for insomnia and uh, for long spells yesterday <laughs> felt that was the case. It was a really poor game. Celtic really, really struggled with Dundee. I think the hipsters call it a low block, sitting deep, players behind the ball. And for long spells, they were moving the ball uh, quite a pedestrian pace. And that limited Celtic's opportunities. It was definitely times the first half Scott Sinclair had a couple of good opportunities he looks more dangerous than he has in a while and I think Lennon's encouraging him to get yeah. in at the back post but overall the tempo was slow and it took a moment of magic very late on to make the difference I think Odson Edward once again he's not doing it week on week maybe the way Celtic fans would hope but he really does have a habit of scoring vital goals and that's been kind of the hallmark of his Celtic career so far Yeah, no, I would agree with that no, What do you think Michael? Huge, huge victory in the circumstances Aye. Potentially league winning victory uh, although I think we said that a few weeks ago after Kamark, I suppose. Um, but listen, there's a, there's a kind of temptation to say, oh, they played pretty poorly and it's a new, new manager and maybe that's the reason we're changing the way they're playing. But they didn't play different to the way they played in a lot of away games this season. It was, they've struggled quite a lot. In fact, I think this is the first time Celtic have won three away games in the bounce this season. That's uh, quite a start, that, actually. It is, it is but it, it's, it's symptomatic of um, performances away from home this year. Aye. The away record has been pretty poor. Um, so I think the fact that they managed to dig it out and get a result because early in the season they were playing away from home and not getting results um, mm-hmm. there's been quite, quite a few of them this year so I think it was a huge a huge victory in the circumstances um, and we're, listen, we're at a stage of the season where teams if they're going to win honours they need to dig out results when it matters uh, and Celtic are, are the best at doing that mm-hmm. and hence why they're 10 points clear so it was a huge step forward Aye. Albeit unimpressively, but it was an impressive result. Well, that's it. Like football, it's a results business, gentlemen. If we want to get the clichéometer in there, um, it is one of those things, though. You, you've got to wonder: is it a bit of a concern that the team appear to be lacking a bit in terms of cutting edge since Neil Lennon has come back in, especially in recent weeks? Or would you say that's just teething problems under a new regime? Yeah, I think so. The problem, Chris, Chris Sutton spoke about a lot this season. Idea that since Musa Dembele's left. Odson Edwards got a lot of qualities, but he does his best work on the left hand side. Burke is a player with a lot of raw qualities potential. Mm-hmm. But again, they don't have that number nine, and 
I think at times with the, the fullbacks, the wide men, that's where the, the issues are kind of creeping in. And with Tom Rogic's absence as well, these are the type of games yesterday where he's able to pivot in the box and have a shot. Exactly. I thought uh, Timo Weah did pretty well again off the bench. I, I've been quite impressed with him. I don't. Mm-hmm. It's been very limited the opportunities he's been getting recent weeks. 14, min, 14 minutes here, then it'll be 12 minutes next game. I think yesterday it worked out about 15 minutes he was on the pitch. But he's a live wire. He's very good at breaking the lines. Uh, he was almost found himself the net before the ball for the winner but he was in that kind of dangerous area I don't think he's a traditional number 9 but he's he's a good player I think that's where Celtic just need to find their balance there's some good things there's things to like I thought Cal McGregor yesterday was Cal McGregor he was able to get his head up look for a player move the ball quickly but overall there's still something lacking I think I don't think it's anything too trouble it's a time of year Dundee are fighting for their life but there's definitely uh, improvements needed in the final third. Yeah, that, that, there does seem to be something lacking. Just on the point, actually, of Timothy Weah, one of the, the talking points raised in the Record Sport Online match report was how Timothy Weah could perhaps have made something of the space in behind the Dundee defence that, that appeared maybe earlier in the game. Obviously, later on, they retreated and they were they were trying to hold on to it. Now, the Americans recently lost his place in the USA squad and perhaps, as you, as you were alluding to there, hasn't featured as much as some might have thought. Now, is it time for him to get a proper run out, especially with the big one around the corner of the derby I, I agree with, with, with Graham. I think he's a talent and he's he's always impressed when he's played, he's looked apart um, there's certain games I think that would suit him better than others, I mm-hmm. mean you've you got to think a, a, a tight on these oh, low block um, matches that are difficult for guys with pace to spin behind um, but then you look at Celtic Park, the big open spaces and you think there would be, be pretty handy um, but I think he's worth a run but it's, it's where he fits into the team um, yeah. At a time when I mean Neil Lennon's remit is haul the the club over the line in the league. That's his that's his remit. So I can understand that it might be um, erring the side of caution in terms of formations and stuff like that. And just to get the get the results required, that gets the job done. Um, but you might see in a few weeks it's been a tough spell in terms of games. I mean, Tynecastle, Easter Road, Aberdeen at, at Parkhead. Mm-hmm. All right, Dundee on paper you think would be more straightforward, but they've looked better recently. Um, albeit they've lost three in the bounce which defeats that argument but they have, I've seen a bit of them and they have looked but so when they're on form there's something about yeah. Jim McIntyre teams that that was there was a performance against Rangers before Christmas yeah, as they, well there, yeah. there's certain days I think they have they improved a bit um, they, they're going through a tough run of games as well they're good um, at lifting it as well against the bigger teams you, you seem to find they, they play better against it because they can play, can play it pretty straightforward and make it frustrate you know exactly. stuff. It's, it's, it's an easier way, easier way to play I guess put the uh, honest in the opposition yeah, rather than it being on yeah. you so it was tricky so I, I can understand why maybe some of the way I wasn't put in at the start um, but Celtic albeit it had to wait, rely on late goals and of late but they're getting the job done slowly but surely they're getting the job done and they're, they're now pretty much on the verge of Winning the title, hallmark of champions, boys. Well, that's the old cliche, isn't it? Winning ugly. Mm-hmm. It? I think yeah. he should start against Rangers Weir, and I think there's an opening there for him. So we ran Christie out there now. Rogic still working his way back. You've got McGregor and Brown in the middle. Yesterday it was Mikey Johnson playing as a number ten. Mm-hmm. Didn't quite happen for him. Uh, I think Forrest and Sinclair and Trent the starters in the wing, and Edwards likely to start up top. That would obviously maybe you could look at Burt coming in as well. But I think we as a type of player, listen, it's a big ask to come into these games, but he's a confident kid. Everyone that. Thanks spoken to him, worked with him. He's certainly not short of self belief. So I think there could be an opportunity for him to start against Rangers a couple of weeks. But away with USA, 
uh, under twenty threes. But when he comes back, he's, he's as likely as anyone to start. And when he comes off the bench, he makes an impact. Maybe he could do yeah. that for the start as well. Aye, uh, I mean, I think the opportunity is there for him. The question is now: we know he's young, right? He's just a teenager. He's coming here. Obviously, there's his dad. There's there's a lot of sort of things round about it. But why is it you think we've not seen more of him? Because, I mean, it's not like he's come, he's, he's come on in games and done nothing. You think of the game at St. Johnson where he came on, set one up and scored one. You know what I mean? Changed the game as, as Celtic won 2-0 after toiling for a bit. Now, why is it we've not seen more of him? Well, you can see the temptation because if a game is tight and you look to the bench and you get this little 18-year-old fly, 19-year-old flying machine when defenders are getting a bit tired and all that stuff, you can see the temptation of this impact sub role Aye. Which I think is, is Rodgers saw him as a kind of to break up games that are getting tight towards the latter stages um, because of that raw pace. And if you've got a big defender who's starting to, to blow a bit, um, you're leaving for dead. So you can understand that holding that in reserve. And he is one of those players, again, it's hard to fit him into a, a structure sometimes. One of those kind of players that is difficult to pin down. Um, but you know, plus, Celtic have had a, a rough run of fixtures. I mean, Brendan has left at a pretty tough time. I mean, they had that, that six match unbeaten run, but they didn't really play to anyone. Uh, and all of a sudden it's Tynecastle, it's Easter Road, it's Aberdeen, uh, and then Rangers are in the corner as well. I mean, four, the four of the first five games that Lennon's had to pick up to get the job done, it's, it's, it's a pretty tough... I mean, I don't think any Celtic manager has ever had a harder, harder start to their career than, than that. Uh-huh. Um, so I can understand that he's, he's put out teams that, that are, are structured in a certain way, and then when you've got that in reserve that you can bring on... Um, so uh, I, I always think that was maybe a plan for a way. I don't think he was ever going to be, even when Rodgers brought him in, I don't think, speaking to him back then, I don't think it sounds like he was going to be straight into the team and the main man. Uh, I think he was always going to be just getting bits here and there. I mean, he was only 18, he is only 18. He hasn't played off a lot of football. But um, it has had an impact when he's played. It um, has. And I think people do want to see him getting a, get a run at it because he's an exciting player. But I can completely understand why Lennon is not chucked him in because it, it's it's experienced heads he's wanted in the last few weeks to get these results out of the way uh, and to come through those four games with the drop points to Aberdeen but they've come through those big games and got the results needed Aye and I think that's why Celtic do look very much like they're on their way to eight in a row um, Want to touch on Odson Edward Firstly what did you think of the decision to start with him because I think a lot of people might have been I've been expecting Oliver Burke to lead the line. And then, late goal aside, because obviously that was vital, how, how did the Frenchman play? Okay, I, th- I think the frustration with Edward is that it's almost a passiveness to his game at times. Aye. So when the ball breaks in the box, sometimes he's on his heels. He's, he's not that, he's, he's not reactive, but there's certain situations where Bang he's, on. He's, uh, he's, he's on the money. Uh, he can just sometimes, he looks like the coolest player in the world, mm-hmm. gets a chance and he'll finish it. But there is... His link-up play at times can be neat and tidy. I think it was a Leipzig game. I thought that felt like a kind of coming-of-age performance in the, the victory of the 2-1 back in October. But since then, he's not really kicked on. You can obviously see the qualities that's been evident since he signed for Celtic. But I think there's that hope that he takes his game to the next level, but it's just not quite materialising. Uh, the game against Dundee, that was kind of a microcosm of that. That's His performance was OK, but... He, he earns his corn basically in those late winners and make yeah. the difference but I still think Celtic fans want to see more he doesn't link up particularly well at times I think with Sinclair when he goes on the left hand side sometimes it gets a little bit crowded there and he's, he's the physicality aspect as well he's playing guys who are what to push him at every turn and sometimes any tackle that he takes he's down for a couple of minutes at a time well, that's every it, little isn't it? niggle yeah because he's, he's a big guy so you would think he would be able to, to handle that a wee bit better yeah but I think I think he suffers a wee bit from a, not being Moussa Dembele 
and be the price tag. <laughs> so because they're both um, related, I think Celtic fans think he is the guy that should be replacing Mr. Dembele. Well, you've got to remember and how young fan, he is as yeah, well. And you look at the money they, pay, they spent on him, but he's not Mr. Dembele. He's not that that kind of player. They're very different kind of players. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mr. Dembele, who has gone on and he is showing that he is going to be one of the best in, in Europe, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think he's one of the top scorers in France now. Yeah. Uh, whereas Edouard's taking a little bit longer to get to that point, but they're different, different kind of players. But I even think on the pitch, he suffers a bit because I think players see him and you, like you say, you see this big brutish big guy up top and they might cup a ball into his chest with a centre half right around his neck or, or trying to get the ball into his feet when he's back to goal. But it's noise game. Mm-hmm. He is good. I think he's good at linking up play when he's facing the goal. Yeah, that's There's a lot of one-twos and all that stuff and he spins in behind. Um, but you don't get an awful lot of opportunities to do that if you're the leading front man. He's in, you're the one bouncing off and he wants to bounce off someone else. Aye. So, um, that's true. So he is more of a support forward uh, than, a, than a leading number nine right through the middle. It's, it's interesting um, that though, like it's, it's one of the great things about Fitba in a way, is you can get someone who's got the body of an absolute raw athlete, he's huge, he's rapid, he's got all of the things that say, oh what a target man he's going to be, but it's just no his game. Yeah, his, yeah. his game's more about intelligence and, and then kind of, as you say, movement and, and economy of movement sometimes. Yeah, yeah definitely, but it, it's not just rival players, it's the teammates, because every teammate you get a bit of a tight situation, you look at the big man and you think, I'm just going to hit him. A long, a long, a long ball at the top, and especially in games that are tight. Listen, I don't care what league you're in. You could be, you could be in um, Barcelona or Real Madrid, or you could be in any league. Even it's tight with ten minutes to go, the temptation is to get the ball at the park. I mean, the, the great teams like the Barcelona. Sometimes they've, they've got more patience to stick with the, the trusted, trying trusted passing. But most teams start to panic, and you think I've got a big guy out there, and just get up the park. Exactly. Um, but that's not the way. That's not his game. Um, Conversely, but most successful, he did try and play to his strengths, which is like you say, getting the ball and feet off the left and working the one twos, which the goal came, comes from. And the one thing he does very well, it's almost this, the ultimate FIFA finish, like the, the computer game version <laughs> where he's always in that six line, yeah, just bang for it. And so that kind of goes against the argument that he's not a natural striker, where he's, he, he really does specialise in getting in the six yard box when it really matters he's as a, well. He's a finisher as well. He oh, he's finish. a brilliant finisher. Yeah, yeah. He's been unfortunate this year and he's had injuries as well. Um, which hasn't helped him. Uh, I think it hasn't quite kicked on that, that people thought he might have done. Um, but the injuries have held him back, I think. Uh, he's came back maybe not being 100%. And like most strikers, need a bit of head of steam before they start look, to get going. It's also an age thing. Like, so, I mean, do you look at it and you maybe think if Edward can steer, steer clear an injury next season, could see a really, really big year for him? And then obviously the eventual sell him on. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the model. That's the way. that's the if they can if they can double or do on and we're doing well. But at the moment, you don't see that because he's not quite hit those heights. No, um, but he has got the attributes, and like you say, he's got the physicality and and, and the talent. Um, so he just needs a run, yeah, a, a proper run. He needs to find a proper a role from a proper a good foil from and a run in the game in the games. Yeah, no, I think that's fair to say. Now, Lenny, after the game, he spoke of the psychological damage that win will have caused Rangers. Now, is that him just stirring the pot ahead of the derby, or is he bang on the money with that? I think Rangers are causing themselves psychological damage <laughs> with every passing game. Yeah. Uh, that's four, like, the four games without a win are the most crucial part of the season. Rangers' problems are very much in-house. And Celtic, to be fair as well, played a, a good Aberdeen side. It would have been ideal if they, they were able to win the week before. But now that's two opportunities in a row to go 10 points clear. They've ta- been able to take the second chance. And yep. it is. The, listen, at the end of the day, Rangers have got a couple of weeks to get their head together to try and form a plan. There's not massive differences between the sides <coughs> right now. It's not. But Celtic seem to have more about them. They've got a, a 
a winning mentality. That's, that's it. That's it's one of the it. oldest yeah, things exactly. in the game, but it's true. It's, uh-huh. it's just that, you can that moan about added time and anything, but Celtic time and time again go go to the wire. They've got players that have battle tested, they've won a lot of trophies, and that's the difference. You know, and there's a belief there. It doesn't matter how often they, they they're, they're under par, they're not playing at their best. Guys in that team believe they're going to win week in week out, and that's why once again they'll. More, almost certainly win the league. Yeah, I mean, when we talk about psychological damage, obviously it brings the the sort of idea of of kind of mentality and and the way that people's heads are, and that does to me seem to be the difference between the two teams. As Rangers are going out and they're finding excuses not to win, Celtic are finding the wins uh, to an extent. But I think I think you're also looking at quality. Hmm. I think I think it's not just psychology; I think it's quality. I think Rangers are don't have the, the same quality uh, that Celtic possess. Right across the pitch. It's as simple as that. Too many ordinary players that are not equipped to deal with the the expectation levels at Ibrox. And I right. think, but that's not that's not Celtic's issue. But Celtic, listen, Celtic left the door open this season. Celtic have been the holding pattern since since they all fell out in August. And this year was a year of getting trying to get the, the trophies won uh, and hang on to the summer to get. There's going to be a whole rebuild in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could argue that, that this this is the year that somebody was going to challenge Celtic and. We're now middle of March and it's ten points clear, same as always. Um, I think looking back, Rangers will look back and be kicking themselves this year the fact that they've, they've allowed this to happen. Because um, Celtic haven't they been great all year? No, uh, they've dropped a lot of points. Mm-hmm. I've scraped through a few games, but it was, I think it was always going to be that way from August when it was clear that the manager was going to go. And at the end of the season, it turned out he went a couple months early. Um, but it's always going to be a case of just chipping away at it because look at the quality it's walked out the door at Celtic. Uh, in the last kind of 12, 18 months uh, and haven't really been replaced um, but there will be in the, in the summer and there's a plenty of money to do it whether it's Lennon in charge or whoever um, and you think they will probably tool up big time next summer and this was the year and yet they find themselves 10 points clear having not really been that great no think, they've not had I think, the I think Celtic fans will, well, they've not been great this year hmm. um, the Roger story's blowing a hole in the campaign in terms of, of um, setting the narrative for the year but up until, I mean, they did run after Christmas when they come back from the break. But like I said, they didn't play many, went up against much. And that little run, a nice little gentle run after in January and February. Um, but up until that point, up to Christmas, no great shakes, really. No, um, definitely not. And it's, that's kind of continuing, but, but Neil Lennon's job is just to get hammer it out and just drag that whole squad over the finish line and then see what they are in the summer. I think that's interesting. Uh, even the last season as well, Brendan Rodgers' second season, there was moments of magic, there was great times, but since the first season where the, the record was so absurdly good, yeah. the, uh, the invincible season, it's been definitely time Celtic have disappointed or fallen mm-hmm. a bit uh, short domestically. I think if you look at it, there's sometimes only you see these 20-year league tables, like the t- Brendan Rodgers' second season and this season combined with Lennon, they're nowhere near the kind of Martin O'Neill teams the first uh, first season was right up there with anything uh, so uh, it's been a case for Celtic uh, either it's not been perfect this season everything that could have gone wrong probably has yeah, injuries injuries, well, injuries I mean, has been a big thing guys at Cham look at Cham last year the amount of really top performances he, he was able to put in games against Rangers he was so so good there was an argument that over that for the first game of this season and at the end of last he was four or five games in a row he was the best player in the park against Rangers mm-hmm. and he's barely been performed he was terrible in the game at Ibrox but yeah. that was a level of player he was a real top level player Cal McGregor's obviously well, Tom, uh, t- Tom Rogic's like a major miss oh, all massive. season oh massive absolutely yeah, yeah. huge I mean, Griffiths major miss Rogic major 
Uh, like you say, when uh, he's been out injured as well. Yeah, uh, Boyata's a time out yep. at times as well. Um, Kearney. Kearney's missed a chunk of the season. I mean, they've had horrendous injury problems all year. Um, and they've still got the job done. Like I said, the door was open. Mm-hmm. And no, one's, no one's kicked it in. Well, see, on the note of all those injuries, and I mean, just looking slightly harking back to the weekend game again, there was a golden opportunity to throw Vakun Bayou in. And obviously it was a high-pressure game. You wanted to get the win. It's someone that's been untried as of yet. But why, with, with there being such a need for a goal, have they not thrown him in there? Well, I mean, what do you think, Graham? Uh, to me, it was that Roy Hodgson gift for the Uruguay game when he's kind of watching on the bench, waiting <laughs> for his moment. And, uh, it was a perfect game. So this is, if you watch these highlights, what he's about, what Matt Brendan Rodgers would say, he's a target man, he's good in the air, like aggressive in the air as well. So deep balls, he, he really likes to get up and attack them. But that's what Celtic, they were just lobbing the ball forward. There was, it was really direct. Benkovic ended up playing in his, like an auxiliary number nine for the last 15 minutes. Because mm-hmm. as Lennon said, there was no need for defenders because Dundee were sitting so deep. And they themselves missed a few chances to go forward. But I thought it was a perfect opportunity. And I know he's been playing for the reserves, waiting. So I think it's only been one goal in the appearances. But it was a good assist as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to me, for the player himself, I think he would have viewed it as a perfect chance to come on and maybe make a difference. So I think... Uh, Celtic fans hoping for regular sightings might be disappointed for the rest of the season. Would you, do you think that's the thinking? Is it someone they're trying to develop and, and bring on maybe to be a first team player next season or, or beyond? Yeah, I think I think so. Listen, it, it tells you that the, the, they're not maybe not convinced him right away with the fact that he he'd scored some like seventeen goals in twenty odd games when he arrived at, at, in Glasgow, red hot, mm-hmm. and he's not pitched in straight away. You think give him a week's training, get him in because he's obviously got a guy in is in, in form. Didn't quite happen like that, so I think maybe they need a bit of work in, in behind the scenes. <coughs> Excuse me, uh, and I guess that's what's happening when they they, they see him week in, week, in, week out uh, in training. Maybe thinking he's not quite there yet, um, but he's a, he's a fairly young lad as well, and maybe one for the future. And I guess back to what I say: the games are too important just now. They can't. There's no point in throwing someone on just because they're a striker. It has to be the right move to get someone on uh, the right striker. And if he's a bit raw just now, then all right, it might pay off. Uh, um, but it's a gamble. Um, and there's guys in the bench like your Weyers and Bucks and all that stuff that aren't so much of a gamble. Uh, so I can understand maybe holding them back. If Celtic wrap it up with three or four games to go, then you will see him. He'll, be, he'll get a run out and he'll, he'll get a chance. Uh, until then, I don't know. Um, we haven't seen enough of him to suggest what he's like. Um, and it's a, you think, I know Scottish football gets pillared, but it's a bit of a leap from the Slovakian, Slovenian league yeah. <laughs> uh, Slovakian league uh, to Scottish football um, playing in front of 6,000 folk and demanding to win games to win a league um, so it may take a bit of time for the lad yeah no, I mean it's a, it's a big mental adjustment as much as the, the actual sort of physical sort of side of it and, and talent technique all of those aspects um, I need to give a wee shout out here to you mentioned them in your re-spiel there Graham Philip Benkovic for the best dance moves seen outside of the Strictly Ballroom when he was celebrating with the fans at the end that was something quite incredible to behold can we think <laughs> just, got with that, yeah. <laughs> just off the top of your heads can you think of any better sort of dance moves we've seen in Scottish football in recent times in Scottish football no I don't remember, much, I don't remember any, many dances in, in Scottish football right enough no, are we giving the strictly glitter ball I mean, to I mean, Philip Benkovic? Roger Miller, that's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> that's showing my age. Yeah, 
No, he was, uh, I was spot on. He was just as smooth with his dancing as he is in the back. He was really, really good. Was good <sighs> stuff. Rolls Royce, yeah, footballer. Um, now, our colleague Keith Jackson seems pretty certain that Lenny's emphatic celebration where he ran the length of Dens, Dens Park, easy for me to say, well, those of a man who may well find himself in the role permanently come the end of the campaign, especially if Celtic do the business against Rangers and increase the gap to a lucky for some 13 points. Now, do you lads concur with that assessment? I think it depends on how the season finishes. I think, like I said, like I mentioned earlier on, Celtic are on a holding pattern this this year to the summer. If 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 Lenny can get the the, the league in the bag and probably the cup as well, then I think it'd be extremely harsh not to give him the job. Um, but as I also touched on, this is a huge summer for Celtic. They've got a Massive. lot of players leaving, a lot of loan guys going back to clubs and all that stuff. They've got a big pot of money. And a lot of reward at the end of it, so it's a huge summer. Um, so, listen, there's an argument to give him. I said this before: give him a job now and let him get on with the plan, um, which apparently is already part of that planning process uh, for next season. Um, because it's huge, because it's a lot of work needing done. Um, but if Lenny delivers the goods, there's no way they can not give him the job. Um, but then it depends on any interesting names that are kicking about at the time. Um, but you think Lenny's got to be in the pole position now? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you concur? Yeah, that's fair. I think there's been two really, really big Celtic rebuilds that this, uh, over the last 20 years. And Gordon Strachan in 2005, when he took the job, he had a lot of work to do. Uh, there was some teething problems uh, in media and so forth. Uh, ev- eventually steadied the ship. Same in uh, Lennon as well, when he got the job permanently. Brought in a lot of players that summer. Started out quite well with a setback against Utrecht in the old UEFA Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but were able to steady the ship, just uh, fell short. Pippen Mottlesmith's team so it can be done you can have a, a summer rebuild and still have success in a season but it's a big ask and I, I think Lennon just because of his understanding of the club everything that goes with it I think if he can deliver the league in the Scottish Cup as well he's the most likely candidate by far he knows the club he understands what it's about yeah. he's definitely in the pole position to land it yeah we, we did I suppose cover that quite a bit last week now summer rebuild there's been a lot of talk about this Last week on the podcast, we identified the the sheer scale of that and, and just how big a rebuild it's going to be. So regular listeners will be be well acquainted with, with with the opinions that we have sort of generally on that. Now, one of the big topics in the news this week is John Park. Now, he was the so-called super scout, and he, he was a super scout. He was responsible for unearthing the likes of Fraser Forster, Virgil van Dijk, Victor Wanyama, loads more names you could throw in. And now he's been rumoured with a return to Celtic. Brendan Rodgers' man in the equivalent role, Lee Congerton, he hasn't really really impressed, has he? Um, He's been rumoured to depart to either join um, Rodgers at Leicester. He's also been linked with Anderlecht, various other places. Um, And Lenny has admitted himself that John Park could make his return to paradise. Now, first off, surely that'd be a good thing for Celtic. But if you think about it, if John Park does come back, then... How is that rebuild maybe going to structure itself? I mean, do you think he's already looking at players at this point, perhaps looking ahead to a potential return and maybe identifying targets that Celtic can bring in that are affordable, things like that? What kind of stage do you guys see this being at? Well, the thing about, the thing about John Park is it's not just John Park who's got a list of players that he can just bring back in. What you get with John Park is he's, he's got a network. He has mm-hmm. got a network he's across the, the continent and beyond. Um, so it's not just one. I mean, he was. It's not just one guy. 
mm-hmm. who who has this <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> encyclopedia uh, super super brain of of, of football um, knowledge. Uh, he's got a network across in Scandinavia and, and and the Balkans and all that stuff. He, he knows he knows he's guys he relies on in these areas and all that stuff. So you don't just bring him back; you bring back him and his entire network because he's got all that um, in still in place, or, or he's got that he can re- reconnect it as such. Um, and listen, he's strike rate for Celtic. I mean, listen, there was a fair amount of, of duds in there as well. I mean, no Baldy. Well, the, the Pookies, Baldies and Borictors and all these guys. There's put, um, Steve Mollico. I think, we'll, I think we'll give him team of Pookie. We'll give him a pass in that one. Because if you look at what he's doing now, it was maybe just circumstance that prevented yeah, yeah. his success. Maybe, maybe aye, aye. He's a player in there somewhere. Um, but the, the, the ones that were successful, I mean, um, massively outweigh the ones that, 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 were, that were duds. Um, so you can understand. Listen, you can understand that getting the, getting the band back together type <laughs> feeling that it. It's, again, it's 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 mitigating the gamble. Um, they've got a pot of money. They've got a. a could be nine in a row to go for, um, which is a huge step in terms of this mythical ten. So, do you bring in a whole new network, a whole new setup, a director of football you don't from outside the club? Uh, a manager from abroad do you go with that route and give them a pot of money and you don't I don't know it could be a, a roaring success or but it's a gamble or do they go right we know what these guys can do we know we can have an element of trust um, you're not going to get John Park looking for £9 million right backs that's no, the thing that's, that's, the, that's the thing the disconnect that Celtic have had in the last couple of years is that, that it's not that they didn't find the talent I mean Rodgers and Celtic sell Congreton's great at getting the talent but is it the right kind of talent? Because coming to Celtic with an £8 million right back, I'm sorry, but uh, listen, people always get a bashing at times, right? But I can understand when he goes, what, you want a what? An £8 million right back? Uh, steady on. But that's that was the scenario in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas John Piccini, Park... Castagna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, whereas, I mean, John is... It was, I mean, he's a guy that... If a manager was Ronnie Dyler, I was learning before... He says, I need, I need, a, I need a, a centre forward right back. He can say, right, there's three. I know these three that will definitely come. We can afford them. We know their wages. Um, they're, they're two or three million pounds. And I know we can get them on a phone call. Pick one. That's how it worked. That's how it worked with Ronnie Dyler. That's how it worked a lot at the beginning of Ronnie Dyler. Uh, under Lenny as well. Pick one. And you, and you get to, the manager picks the one he wants. Uh, unfortunately, in the current, or the, 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 the soon departed uh, regime, that was, was picking. It'll pick that one. He's ten million quid, <laughs> and he goes to the boss up the stairs, and the tea gets spat across the wall. Uh, <laughs> it comes about a different issue. Uh, it's not just a phone call to get him then. Um, so you can understand that the, 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 the powers that be in the boardroom are thinking: Do we do we go? With we know guys that know the club inside out and know what the players we can get like that. So I don't know. I, I can I could see the temptation for that one. Listen, the partners would like to have a shiny fancy new manager come in from Salzburg or something like that um, with his own some kind of uh, Austrian head of recruitment who can can turn water out the wine for, for 10 bob but implanting that whole system is difficult and it's a gamble and yeah. you know, it's been tr- clubs try it all the time and it doesn't always work um, so it's a tricky one for them I don't know it's a difficult one for them to work out where to go yeah. mm. and I, I think the stuff there about John Park's very true it's just what he's got in his CV, guys, at Van Dyke and Wanyama. And there's a feeling, I think, Mick, that was really interesting insight how he, his kind of system works. There's yeah. a feeling he's more of a scout as well. Content's got maybe this preconceived notion that he's a bit of a laptop type guy, but he's keeping <laughs> a, it's all Y scout based and all this. Where I think parts, 
uh, reputation and ability to kind of pick players and speaking to the record last week he kind of gave insight into how his methods work as well and I think Celtic are desperate for that as well they've got it's really doesn't get bigger going for 9 in a row 10 in a row uh, I think the proven commodity is definitely the right way to go if, it, if that's the option for Celtic so yeah uh, there's an element better the devil you know about the whole thing isn't there yeah it's a, it, there's, a, there's money there but it's certainly not going to just throw it against the wall no it has to be invested wisely and it's it's probably as 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 big a window as Celtic have had for for years really um well that's the other side of it isn't it because i mean you've got you've got the the scale of the rebuild that's needed you've got the fact that you've got a whole new team maybe coming in to head up that rebuild as we're just discussing yeah. now but Harking back to what we were saying at the start, it's been a poor season for Celtic, yet they're still 10 points clear, could be going 13 points clear with a Derby victory. So is this, if you like, the ideal time for Celtic to try and implement a rebuild in the sense that they do have that gap at the moment that they know they can probably afford to to maybe bed in a few new stars the way that they wouldn't necessarily be able to do in years gone by? Perhaps, but it's not a time to be mucking about. It's not really a time to be um, to be experimenting. That's for sure. I mean, the Ronald Ailey years was that time, and the weird thing is that the Celtic are still really reliant on the Ronald Ailey team. Yeah, the guys that mm. were signed during that reign are the ones that are, are the ones that are heavily relied on, or the ones that are already at the club. Because um, you look at who have really made an impact in the last. I mean, the success has been been flowing, but in terms of signings, Edward came in had a great impact. Scott Sinclair. After that, then Bailey came Bailey. and went. Uh, Dembele, sorry. Um, Big features alone signing, but the uh, rest there's been a few hiccups yeah, as well. Yeah, but you look at, I mean, Stuart Armstrong was a great um, part of the, the success. Um, Cal McGregor, James Forrest, Lee Griffiths, his goals um, before this season. These guys are all the guys at the club, Boyata, all been at the club for a long time. So in terms of signings, Kieran Tierney, Scott Brown, all been there a long time. Whereas this summer was going to be time that mo- a lot of that team now are going to be moving on. Um, and there needs to be some substantial work. So it's a, it's a crucial uh, summer. Ah, you need massive. to get a central defender on the worst way. They really do. Ayers shown a lot of ability. I think he's improving all the time. But when you take away... Boyata, honestly, take away those two games at Ibrooks 2018, he's improved so much. Like He's not the perfect player or anything like that. But at Celtic's type of level, you're not getting Virgil van Dijk. Funnily enough, that's not the type of player you'll be able to attract. But he's got a lot of raw qualities. And he's good in European games. He's good in bigger games as well. And Celtic desperately need to get the right centre-back in in the summer. It's so, so vital because Samudovic can't be relied upon. Jack Henry's never been able to show he's got that about him. That Ideally, it'll be two centre-halves, but one really top-notch central defender has to come in, although been a sticky wicket. I, I, think, I think that's true, but have we not had this discussion about Celtic in a Celtic, couple of Celtic summers Celtic gone past yeah. it as well? Yeah, but I think now more than ever it's, it truly is vital. Brendan really will just, just buy me from asking it's half. <laughs> Don't ask me again. I'm like, well, just buy, buy a decent one then. Um, there's also the right back conundrum. Tolian yeah. doesn't look the answer. Lustig's obviously, I mean, there's no, there's no much left in him. Mileage-wise, you can't think. Um, despite his popularity, and, and I don't think anyone would dispute that. So if you look at that, you probably need two centre-backs and a right-back to start with. Kieran Tierney gets plucked with a massive fee, then it's Could a whole happen. back four. Could happen. And then Cham as well, like Porto will be sniffing around him again, there's another player. Edward, even though uh, said he's probably not fulfilled his potential, but teams would still be looking at players like that, and that's out with 
mm-hmm. the players that are loan players going back and out of contract players uh, and there's a million things in the to-do list well that is one thing actually though Celtic's injury problems this year although they have obviously had a bit of an effect despite the fact that the treble treble still very much on um I mean, could, could in a way that work to Celtic's advantage and that some of the, the players that might get plucked away because they've had sort of injury-prone seasons, maybe not played as much, other teams might be less inclined to take a punt on them just by virtue of that and maybe wait another season or at least another half season to see that they are the player that they saw maybe last year. Yeah, possibly, possibly. But I think, like Graham touched on, um, guys like Cham have been long-term targets. Yeah. Uh, Kieran is another one. I mean... Can I get moving for scouts watching Kieran Tierney most weeks? Uh, a sight injury is not going to put them off um, if they want to look at him in the summer, which could happen. Um, uh, yeah, so there, there could be that. That would be that would create even more um, necessity to, to, to strengthen. Um, it's interesting it, for Tierney as well because if he is to move, maybe the time to move would be relatively soon as well. Because you, you come to a certain level at Celtic Scottish football. Mm-hmm. If you do want to make that next leap, it probably is round about now as well. That's or you pro. Uh, it's going to be a Paul McStay type player will be there forever that'd no, be the dream for Celtic he fans he in any hurry to no exactly sure. I, I just um, mean for his own development he's, a bit, yeah, development. I, I, yeah. he's been brilliant this year. I think he's picked up an extra yard of pace since the pre-season mm-hmm. uh, and he's defensively so sound he looks really strong he's been excellent since he came back in for injury uh, everyone knows how good he is you could be here all day talking about that but he really is playing at a, a really yeah. top level at present but at some point there's going to be a £25 million bid uh, yep. chance of earning 100 grand a week and that's going to be a hard one and you for can still probably and player to turn down no matter how much he loves playing for Celtic and uh, which he does he loves supporting Celtic as well probably the option of, if he, he plays does. Saturday he could come up on the Sunday yeah. that's true it's the way, the way but, it is um, it's a big a big thing if a hundred grand a week comes in in a, a top a top eight club in England that's that's going to be hard to turn down I'd imagine yeah I, I think the thing with Tierney is he's one that you can definitely see sort of maybe going then coming back like sort of maybe in his, his latter years coming back to Celtic and doing a job for them for a few years Yeah, um, I think there's a part for Celtic fans as well that's no one would want Tierney to leave but like most fan bases I'm sure there'd be a curiosity level how good he really is if he did go on like, a bit like maybe when Larson was over at Barcelona got catch watching every game aye. and you're checking to but Tierney guys at Chilwell we spoke about this last week it's a, a great reputation look Shaw I think he's better than both of them. I think no, he's much better. Do you think it would be nice to see how Paul had done it at Juventus? Of course, exactly. And Inter Milan as well. So uh, it was a, it'd be good to see how he actually exactly. performed there. I got the chance. But, um, he's been a great servant. I mean, but it is going to come at some point. The longer I said they hold on to him, they're, they're winning a watch. But at some point, the phone call is going to come that's going to make it difficult. And listen, the, the thing about it is, like, you've seen like with the departure of, sort of Dembele, he went, he was the villain, now after Rogers' departure, he sort of looks better. I don't think anybody is no. going to wish Kieran Tierney any ill when he does no, go, because he has shown his loyalty and his love for Celtic <laughs> yeah. more and than any player I can he, remember he in recent memory. He can't leave with 10 games to go the season either. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so a little less devastation when it does, when it does come. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Right, lads, um, just last thing that we're going to talk about is looking ahead to Rangers making the trip across Glasgow next week after the international break. Realistically, given Celtic's strength at home this season, the recent stalemate with Aberdeen being the only blemish on their domestic record, remember, can you see anything other than a Celtic win? I think Gerrard's, especially the game at Ibrox, there was a lot to like about the way Rangers played that day but things times moved on Celtic had a bit of a patchwork side playing 
I think Celtic, again, it's been noticeable the last couple of games. They don't have that fluidity, the passing and movement, maybe a, a Brendan Rodgers side. But I think Leno will quite fancy his chance. He'll be quite direct. He'll be quite similar maybe at the Lennon Smith or the Strachan Smith style. Mm-hmm. Uh, derby matches I think that's the kind of game we're going to get it'll be uh, blood and thunder plenty of that but I just again it's, it's not rocket science sometimes football Celtic get better players than Rangers uh, they don't lose many at home they don't even drop points often at home so I think Celtic are rightly the favourites and there's nothing that Rangers have shown in recent weeks that uh, would indicate that they're good enough to come to Parkhead and win Nah I'm, I'm in agreement with that I, yourself I don't, I don't think it's going to be I mean think back 12 months ago when, um, yeah, the, the double header when it was an absolute bloodbath I mean it was it was, it was carnage wasn't it I mean Celtic yeah. I mean it was it was the four game one at Hamden it was four going on 14 and then the five nothing to win the league um, it was an absolute doing I mean a Aye. total doing um, but Rangers just fell apart I don't I don't think Rangers are going to fall apart like the 12 months so I think that's the difference this year I think they are more slightly more resolute don't have the quality in the final third but I don't think they're, they're, they're that kind of way that if you knock them they'll just crumble and I also think Rangers are better set better suited to play against better teams you think you've seen it in the European run although it's now a distant that's memory that's an interesting point aye yeah. Yeah, I agree with that when they're playing against teams who are, are, are sitting deep and frustrating them they, they run out of ideas quite quickly but when they're playing against teams that are maybe trying a bit more expansive they find a bit more joy um, they're good in the counter attack. Can DS and they got a, a bit more room to play. They, they can they can operate. Not so much going to play against Aberdeen, Kelly. These teams that, that just choke the life at them. Um, so I think they'll get a bit more joy. So I don't think it's a straightforward. I don't think it's going to be like well, this time last year. It was a case of how many. I think everybody getting the game are thinking it's going to be two, three, maybe four, five. And it, I mean four and fives. It's final games. after 50 minutes, I think everybody I mean, that, was starting to... Exactly, it was a complete and utter massacre. Um, that's not going to happen this time round. Um, I say I think it will be a, a slightly tighter affair. Um, and Celtic aren't hitting their straps, they're not at full capacity, they're not getting players back fighting fit, they're not at full strength, they don't, they're, not, they're not quite there yet. Um, Christie's a big miss. Christie's a miss. Rogic, Rogic is a huge energy, miss. Rogic, he games. could have been either of them. It just yeah. that third, and that's why <coughs> we're talking about way earlier on. I think the rest of the team picks itself. Yeah. Yeah. I think Lustig's likely to start over Tolian, Benkovic boy out of their fit, Tierney, Bain and Goal, McGregor Brown, Forrest and Clare, Edward. And yeah. then you've yeah, kind of busted half a dozen match winners there. Exactly. Those Rangers yeah. don't have that kind of make, make a match winners. The best Rangers can hope for, I think, is to get out, get out a draw, which I think could happen. I think it could happen. Um, Early doors prediction then. I think Celtic. Will, I think they'll win it narrowly. I think it'll be a one, a one nothing. Um, Two one Celtic. I think it'll be one nothing, and it'll be a ninety second minute goal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with three one to Celtic. Late yeah. Rangers consolation, maybe or something along that note. Right. Last thing I want to ask is it's the international break right now. So there's going to be a number of hoops players away in the international squad. Um, but how can Neil Lennon use that time productively ahead of the run-in? Um, I mean, what, what, what do you think they can, can sort of do to work on that? Well, I think a lot will be, in a lot of ways, it could be planning for next season as well. I think that's as important as most likely. There'll be time, a lot of players are away international week, so it changes everything. But he's got time to maybe go over tape and look at things or ways he'd like to change. Uh, things moving forward. You've definitely noticed the passing for the back. Bain's very comfortable with the ball, yep. but there's less and less of that moving from side to side I just think yesterday and uh, Sunday at Dens Park they got to midfield 
it was a bit slow and I think he'll be looking at ways to kind of change that he's not got that reliable Gary Hooper-esque striker when he was in charge of first there some like Moussa Dembele yeah. so I think that'll be something he'll be really conscious of because Aberdeen Cup game's a massive game and Lennon probably very aware of maybe some Hamden setbacks he's had personally uh, coupled with the fact that Brendan Rodgers was just perfect at Hamden so that'll be a big game we'll probably be taking time to identify that as well and uh, make sure the treble trebles get every chance of happening for him Interestingly after his comments at the weekend psychologically it's a wee bit of a hurdle for, for, for Lenny but Michael you can maybe give us a wee bit of insight in terms of um, just, just to finish up I mean what is it that kind of happens round about um, the sort of international break like when you look at clubs and you look at the way um, that things tend to, to Journal, operate journalists all go mad because it's just two weeks of nothing <laughs> happening <laughs> trying to chase yeah, deadlines five days before a game talking about players wanting to win one match then five days of talking about how upset they're not winning that match <laughs> that's usually how the international break goes um, that's why clubs are, so many players away it's a case of keeping the rest of them ticking over keeping the, the injured players getting back to their best I think for, for, for Lenny is the best thing to do is don't get sucked into the kind of um, the old Scotland manager habit of when you get a gap between games is getting overthinking these games yeah. and the fact that it's Rangers up next there's a danger that you could sit and spend two weeks plotting for a game and overthinking it Aye. Um, but I think it's the case of, of, of recharging some of the batteries In terms of the individual players though like, I mean is it, is it a good chance to work with say maybe the likes of a, a Vakunisov bio type like who, who's looking to, to sort of develop their game and come on a wee bit I mean is this the ideal because I mean if you look at Celtics they start in June uh, and, and then the fixture schedule's packed right up until the end of the season. They get that wee bit of holiday and then right back into it. So, yeah. I mean, is this the the, the kind of the unique opportunities alongside the wee spell in Dubai over the winter break? Is that the the two main times that you can actually take a bit of stock and, and, and do a bit with? with I think players? so. Uh, yeah, might as well say that to get a chance to work in the training ground. But there's so many players missing, it's difficult. Um, so they maybe can do a bit individually with certain players and... and, uh, and and spend more time than they would do in the, the kind of cut and thrust of a two games a week um, part of the season. Um, but I think this break is about recharging a few of the batteries, getting a few of the injured players some um, treatment and, and and gearing up for the big push. I think that's the, the biggest part of it this week. <laughs> I love I think it. That's also for the, for the hacks as well. <laughs> no, I was just thinking, like, the big push, it just made me think of the last time you were in here and we came out with a few Blackadder references. There's another general <laughs> oh, Melchior favourite. Excellent. Well, that's a good note to finish on. Michael Graham, thank you very much for your time today. That's all from us this week. Um, we will be back next week with another podcast. Obviously, you'll enjoy the international football over that time. Hopefully, we can hope for a couple of Scotland wins. Six points in the bag, please. Aye, that's what we're wanting. And then it's right back into things with the Derby on Sunday week. Now, don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Acast to get the podcast as soon as it's available. And if you liked us, then please review and rate us on there too. But if you didn't, then don't bother. Anyway, thank you very much for listening and enjoy the week, Hoops fans. <laughs>